Happy Wednesday, everybody, and welcome back to the There She Mentors podcast, where we focus on giving you the tools to be the best version of yourself and break through any barriers that are holding you back. And today we're talking to a very special person, and that's Wellesley Martin. Wellesley is my best friend, Granton's sister, my soon-to-be sister-in-law, and actually my maid of honor. So obviously, Wellesley means a lot to me. We're really close. We actually had a really hard time recording this conversation you're gonna hear about 45 minutes of us bantering in actuality it was about two hours we stopped and started and started over and had a lot of conversation in between that was unnecessary that you know I kind of snipped out we chased a bunch of rabbit trails and just kind of got conversation happy but it was a lot of fun and in order to make these conversations a little bit more not meaningful but just focused in on a certain topic this has kind of been the major exploration series but I formed the questions in a little bit of a different way and that's going to be our format moving on from here so I just messaged Wellesley and I asked her if you would have any message for the world what would it be basically in light of our personal platform conversation on Monday if she had a platform what would it be And she said following, I am a woman advocate for agriculture. That in itself is a statement. I would like to set an example for young women interested in agriculture. More opportunities than ever are available for women in ag. It's extremely important to know where your food comes from. There's a major disconnect of the understanding and sustainability of agriculture in today's society. So as you can see, she's very passionate about ag. Wellesley is an ag business major at ABAC. She actually was the 50th Miss ABAC and just gave up her title. And she's got a lot of really great content for us today. So I hope you guys give it a listen. I know it's a little bit longer than normal, but it's a really great empowering conversation, especially for women that are interested in male dominated fields. I will say there's a little bit of background noise in this. I'm not sure why. I'm still getting used to some of the editing, editing, excuse me, especially with Wellesley and I being in two different places right now. But just bear with me. It's a great conversation. It's a lot of fun. You'll kind of see how our relationship plays out. And I hope you enjoy it. Remember to follow the There She Mentors podcast on Instagram at There She Mentors underscore podcast. Always make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and I would love for you guys to leave a rating and review just so kind of I know what you enjoy about the podcast and what I can do differently or what I can add. I would love to hear your show suggestions, but with that, let's get to it. So let's ask some some silly questions first, and I say silly because it's questions like... I literally just Googled weird pageant questions. Oh, oh this is Lord, perfect Sarah. for you, Wellesley. You've been given oh, an Lord. elephant. You can't give it away or sell it. What would you do with the elephant? I would keep it. <laughs> Why? I've always wanted a pink <laughs> elephant. I knew you did. That is a silly question. Isn't that a crazy question? question? You know, I had this crazy dream one time that I had a pet elephant in a swimming pool. I guess it's a good place for an elephant. Yeah. I, I mean, I think I think they like water. Yeah, they like water. I'm really not sure where else you cuz they shoot water through their tree, through their trunks. Yeah. Why do you like ele- I've never asked you that. Is there a reason you like elephants so much or you just like elephants? Well, what started it was 
I read the book Water for Elephants. Have you uh-uh. ever read that? Oh, it, I was like in sixth grade when I read Water for Elephants. And I fell in love with uh-huh. elephants because of it. And um, at the time, I went on a date to a circus and there was an elephant. Mm. And so, I don't know. It, it th- That really started it for me, I guess. And then I just started liking elephants after that. Like, I collect them yeah. now. You know, most of my room is yeah, elephants. Yeah, I knew you loved them, but I, I thought about that today, actually. Because one of my favorite questions is, if you could be reincarnated as any animal, what would it be? But I feel like we've talked about that before, so I didn't want to ask you that. But I was like, she would definitely say an elephant. I would either say an elephant or I would say a frog. A frog? A frog. Wow. I also collected frogs when oh, did I was you? little, too. Yes, my very first frog was genius not like it was a genius yeah a g e n i u s is that a genius is that the species name (laughs) what do you mean that was my that was my pet i don't know but like did you name it that or was that no i did it just came out of mouth i was three years old and i said a genius oh i don't know where (laughs) i don't know where it came from and it stuck stuck (laughs) it stuck (laughs) and daddy kept giving me not elephants frogs every year and i it got to a point where i had 25 frogs oh my god and all of them yeah and all of them were stuffed frogs and it was genius one a genius two a genius three all the way until a genius 25 (laughs) did they all look the same or were they different? Oh they no! Different frogs. Oh no! They were they were like life size. Oh, tiny frog. Yeah, tiny frogs. I had a planter that was a frog. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was all kinds of stuff. That's really funny. I love that. I just like dogs. I was boring. Well, that was fun. With 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 that kind of <laughs> out of the way, let's go ahead and talk about. A few things about you real fast. So let's not talk about your major yet, but just kind of, of course, who you are, some things about you, and what you like to do. The fun stuff. I'm Wellesley Martin. I'm 22 from Hawkinsville, Georgia. And some fun things that I like to do in my free time are hunt, bow, or gun. Um... I like to ride four-wheelers. I'm just an all-around country girl. I like to spend time at my camp house with family and friends, lay by the pool. Um, So, yeah. I would say that I'm unique because I'm a redhead. Yeah. I'm only 2% of the population. That's pretty special. Yeah. That's pretty special. I love it. And you're graduating this week. Yes, Which I am. Super I'm graduating. Yes, I'm graduating on May seventh. It's a virtual graduation, but it's still graduation. Okay, so segueing into that, why don't you mm-hmm. share now where you go to school, your major, and some kind of basic things about that before we kind of dive into the specifics? So I chose A back in 2016 when I graduated high school. And 
I always knew that I wanted to be an agriculture major. Um, I kind of contemplated nursing, but I think that was just my way of trying to ignore the fact that I really did want to be in agriculture, but I know the hardships of agriculture as well. So yeah, I'm ag business and um, it's a real diverse major uh, because it's not only that science behind agriculture, but it's also the aspects of business and um, how to run an operation. Mm -hmm. So that's why I chose ag business rather than, you know, crop and soil production or something like that because it's very diverse. Now, ABAC would be a fairly obvious choice for that particular major. But, you know, for somebody who's listening who might not be in Georgia or might not want to go to ABAC, are there any other universities in Georgia? We'll we'll focus on Georgia for now. But, I mean, what other type of colleges and universities typically offer agricultural programs? Georgia, in Georgia, um, University of Georgia offers ag programs as well as Coastal College of Georgia. And, yeah, in Brunswick. And I actually got accepted to co- college coast. <laughs> it's a tongue twist. Coastal. I know somebody who goes there, and I never yeah. get the name right. Yeah. Uh, so I got accepted to ABAC and Coastal College of Georgia. And I don't know. I felt like ABAC was more home to me because my dad, my mom, and both of my aunts went to ABAC. And it's only an hour away from home. But um, as far as offering, you know, ag business or agriculture majors, the main ones are ABAC, of course, University of Georgia and Coastal College of Georgia. And why did you choose agriculture? I know, but we have to let the people know all the things. (laughs) Yes. So I chose agriculture because... Uh, my main influence in my life is my dad, and he runs a, well, he's downsized, but he used to run a 4,000-acre uh, operation row crop, and I guess it was just born into me. It's not something that I could really ignore, um, and that's where I spent all of my free time was on the farm And my dad always made me feel like I could do anything that my brother could do or he could do. So, um, and also, I'm a caregiver. I like to care for people. But um, plants aren't as serious as people, I guess you could say. That's true. Yeah. So, I do like to care for plants and um, watch them grow from little seeds. Um, But anyway, so yeah, that's why I chose agriculture because of my dad being an influence. Yeah. It's funny you said that about being a caregiver, though, because you did mention nursing earlier. Mm Mm-hmm. And didn't you end up being a two on the Enneagram, which is the Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. What wing were you? Was it a wing three? Wing three, which is... The achiever. Yeah. So that makes perfect sense. Yeah. And it's funny that you bring that up. I've always been like that. Um, You know, from the time I was really little, I would 
you know, mess around with insects and have them crawl up my arms. And um, that's another reason why I love agriculture, because, I mean, you do have the bad insects, but then you have beneficial ones, too. And you get to, you know, kind of identify them and play with them. Yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) this might be a weird question, but you mentioned how diverse agriculture seems to be as far as a major goes so Mm -hmm. do you have people in your classes who you know don't have that background I'm sure a lot of people do have some kind of farming background in their family but do you have totally random people who don't necessarily like to play with all the animals and the bugs and everything definitely um a good example is Danielle my roommate um you know she's she came into ABAC as a nursing major and she was influenced by agriculture, I think ma- mainly because of her boyfriend and she saw what he was doing and she became interested in it. So she changed her major to ag business, just like I I was. And so you see a very diverse group of people. It's, it's not just people with a background in ag and you don't necessarily have to have a background if you go into certain you know, parts of agriculture, like policy, you know, um, so, or if you work for USDA or FSA or something like that, but I do think it may give an advantage if you're on the actual mechanical side or the research side, like I am, to have, to have that background. What do you think it is that draws people in who don't have that kind of background? Like Danielle, for example, what is it that really interested her or made her be interested in ag business? I really think she was interested in ag business, like I said earlier, because it is so diverse. If she didn't want to take the the route of agriculture, you have that business side as well. And so, you know, if she didn't... If she found out she didn't like agriculture, she could have gone the business route and had her own, you know, boutique or whatever because you have those classes. Um, But I think on the ag side, what kind of drew her into it was the process and how food is made and wanting to know more about it because I I think it does interest people and they want to know more and she actually fell in love with it okay so you talk about obviously where your food comes from and how interesting that process is Mm -hmm. so touch on that just a little bit just generally kind of give me an overview on how important it is to know where your food comes from and kind of the farm to table concept right so I do love to talk about this subject <laughs> um, because I do think there are a lot of misconceptions or people just don't understand all the hard work it takes to get a small seed to a plant to something you can eat or wear. And it takes months. It takes hours of long, hard work and um I think that more people, if more people were educated about it, they would appreciate it more. And it's not, it's not always like rednecks that are farmers, you know, that there's a very, there's a stigma attached to that. 
And I would like to break that stigma because some of the smartest people I know are farmers because they have to be, you know, engineers, accountants, you know, all the above. Um, But, yeah, so I think it's very important to know where your food comes from and know the hard work that has been put into it. Yeah. What's something that surprised you as far as where your food comes from? Because I'm sure you knew a lot of that just from your dad and from Granson, but especially, you know, I know we've had conversations about you having classes about um, livestock or Mm -hmm. just not just plants, but lots of other areas of agriculture. So what's something that surprised you along the way? So, like you said, I've had a general knowledge about all aspects of agriculture because growing up, my dad and Grantson exposed me to all areas of agriculture, not just row crop, but, you know, vegetable production, fruit production, livestock, whatever it may be. Um, but I'm going to touch on the research side because this surprised me. So, you know, when you're working with 4,000 acres, like my dad was, everything is large scale and you're planting you know thousands of acres and watering thousands of acres but when i started at uga my first job everything was on a smaller scale you know like 15 feet of plots and that's it um but the process of research like what i'm doing at bear crop science now um some of these products that we are researching take 10 years to to research and um it takes you know 10 years to the market point and i think that was the most surprising thing that i've found out since you know i've been in the ag world um because you don't realize when you go to buy a chemical or you go to buy a seed that it's taken that long, you know. And some of the products that I'm working with now, I may never see come, you know, I may never see them go to market. Or, you know, I thought it was pretty interesting last year. There was one product that we worked with all summer, and it's actually going to be marketed this year. So that's pretty neat that I hit the time, you know, and they've been researching that product for 10 years. So I think that that's um, very surprising, and a lot of people don't realize that either. So your first job or internship, was that the UGA Extension? Well, Uh, what was it exactly? So my first job was uh, UGA Weed Science Department. And that's where I really got the research background. Um, I was able to identify weeds, um, know how to spray for them. Um, you know, I would say that that's really where I learned most of what I know now, um, other than being on the farm with, you know, Dad and Daddy and Grantson. And then, of course, your job now is with Bayer. Yes. Okay, so tell them a little bit about what you've been doing for the last, I guess it's been just over a year now. Yeah, so I started out as an intern because at ABAC you have to have an internship to graduate, which I think is an awesome idea because I think that, you know, 
people need that experience if that's what they think they want to do. Um, so I started at Bear Crop Science last year and I actually got asked back this year. So I'm a second year intern, which really hasn't ever happened before. I think one or two other people have been asked back, but, um, anyway, so what we do mostly is we research products. Um, we rate the products, how they affected the plants, um, which is called phytotoxicity. Oh gosh. <laughs> it's a tongue twister. Um, and that's one of my, that's one of my favorite things to rate. So you'll go out there and you'll spray this experimental product and then you have to come back in a couple of days and rate if it damaged the plants, because that's not what you want, you know, or if it did damage the plants, is it something that they can come out of later down the, you know, growth cycle? So my favorite thing is to rate phytotoxicity (laughs) that's what that's what's that that is what it is called phytotoxicity that is a tongue twister so um but one of my favorite things about working at bear is that i've always been like i've always been equal to everybody um i'm doing just as much as you know the boss out there and I'm able to drive a tractor and spray and (laughs) do all the fun things too. I love all your snapchats on the tractor and dude what were you doing today counting seed? Counting seed and yeah um which I don't really cool though so just a minute ago you did say that you do feel equal to everybody at work do you ever feel though as if you've been marginalized as a woman in agriculture at any point not necessarily where you're at now but just at some point along your journey currently I do not feel as if I've been marginalized um because where I work at Bear Crop Science everyone truly is treated equally I am able to do as much or more than most of the men out there um and I'm expected to perform the task that the men do, uh, but I do have to have, you know, training or whatnot. Um, but I do know my limits out there. Um, I know that as a woman, there's not as many things that I could do as a man physically. Um, for example, a few weeks ago, we were laying plastic. I went to lift the plastic, which comes in a huge roll, and I was like, well, I'll just go ahead and lift this plastic and put it on to the plastic layer implement. I go to pick it up, and I I couldn't even lift it an inch off of the ground, and so I kind of beat myself up about it for a minute, and I was like, you know what? I'm not supposed to do this, so I called my coworker over there and he came and helped me and he was like well no wonder you can't lift it it's like 150 pounds and I'm like that weighs more than I do so um but no I currently not felt as if I've been marginalized um I will say previously though at times 
um, women in agriculture, it's a new thing, relatively new thing. In the past, I'd say 10 to 15 years, women have been brought into agriculture. And um, just trying to find your place is the is the main thing and knowing your limits and how to conduct yourself in a in a work environment is very important in agriculture in any male dominated field knowing where the line is Mm -hmm. and how not to cross it I think can be important not in a negative way but just right when let's be honest when you're a woman sometimes things can be perceived differently exactly and I think but I do think that there's a lot of pressure on women um to act a certain way because in my opinion women hold the cards in a work environment and um how you conduct yourself yourself might come across as you know flirty or whatever um which could open a door which is very true that's a that's a Mm -hmm. hard thing to to balance and yeah talking about you lifting up the plastic and everything too i i don't know i don't know how you feel about this but i've always having been in two majors that are for the most part male dominated Mm-hmm. Math has more women than you think because most of them want to go into education at some point. So you have more of that female nurturing kind of environment in math, right. honestly. But I think I've had so many questions about women and men being the same that I almost get irritated. Yeah. It, it get irritated at the question at times because we're not meant to be the same. And I think mm-hmm. any woman who expects to be just like a man doesn't acknowledge the gifts that she's been given as a woman you know it's Mm -hmm. like you shouldn't expect yourself to be the exact same and Mm -hmm. you shouldn't not let men open the door for you and you know just because you're supposed to be as intellectual doesn't mean you're that you're the same I don't know what your thought is on that but that's always my pet peeve about this whole conversation oh yeah I mean I go back and forth so many times because I'm very headstrong and that's how my daddy raised me out there at the farm is like, you can do it. You can do anything I do. But then in certain situations, I'm like, well, I mean, if I can't do it, then it's not going to be done, you know. So that's where I have to, you know, know my limits and know that I can ask a man to do something for me. Um, But I also in certain situations like my relationship I do like the man to take the lead in in certain things like hold the door for me or you know whatnot so yeah it's it's a tough thing to balance because you want to be just as capable and just as intelligent because we are and obviously women have gifts that men don't have but to balance Mm -hmm. kind of the forward thinking with the way that like we were intended to be as a partnership it's really hard sometimes Exactly. Yeah. Okay, one more question kind of about women in ag, and then I want to change gears just a little bit because we could probably talk about this all day, given kind of our perspective on this whole thing. But tell me about the future of women in agriculture. You know, what is it that kind of you're looking towards doing, and do you see there being a really good, um, like just a lot of opportunities for women in ag? Kind of where is this all going? 
Now more than ever, there are more opportunities for women in agriculture. Um, there are so many different areas that women can go into agriculture. And for myself, um, you know, I'm on the research side right now, but when I'm done, I see more maybe sales or marketing. Um, and that's really where companies are hiring women are the sales and the marketing. And a lot of that has to do with how detail oriented women are. And I've actually talked to a few companies and, you know, they have said that in certain positions, they prefer women because of that reason. Um, so, and my dad has always said that too. He, he said, I would much rather have you out here than anybody because you pay attention to everything. Um, so, yeah. Well, good. Well, changing gears just a little bit, I have a couple more questions kind of about where everything comes from. Because, <laughs> um, okay. again, I know this is kind of a side of the world that a lot of people don't see. I mean, there's literally everything we come into contact with every day has been manufactured or grown or created mm-hmm. somehow. And, right. you know, not that I've really thought about it, but of course a large percentage of that is from plants. You know, your food, mm-hmm. what you wear, all the fabrics and things you come into contact with. So, you know, if there's one thing that you could tell the general public about agriculture as far as things you feel are common misconceptions, what would you say? Because mm-hmm. as you mentioned earlier, just a lot of people don't know where things come from. They're just not aware right. of the process. In my opinion, there are many misconceptions of agriculture and I could sit here all day and I could talk about each and every one of them um but and there's very little education like I said earlier but I feel as if media has led the public to believe harmful things go into the production of plants and that's not necessarily true um if pesticides are used in a careful way, which is, you know, what we're doing out there at Bear, is making sure that they cannot harm humans or your pets or whatever it may be. Um, if they're used in a proper way, they are used in a way to boost yield of your crops and that's how we sustain the food supply. Um, so if an organic is fine, you know, non-GMO is fine in my opinion, but you need to have education on what is actually organic, what is GMO, um, because that is a marketing strategy right now to just, you know, put that on a product and hope that somebody will see it and buy that. Um, so just have education on what GMO or organic really means. And organic is not always the best route in agriculture because um, pesticides are not used. So you'll have, you know, yield may vary. It may be less than what you would if you had pesticides. Get both ways, you know. Um, I understand the organic side, but I've always seen you know, the actual production of right. using pesticides and whatnot. Right. So, well, when you, and I, oh, go ahead, I'm sorry. 
No, I was just going to say, I know that, like, a lot of people listening probably don't understand a lot of what I'm saying, but it literally takes a lot of time to explain yeah. what, what you know, like, what is a pesticide, mm-hmm. you know, or what is yield, right. or what is a plastic <laughs> layer. <laughs> I mean, it, it makes sense of what you're saying. I mean, obviously, you want things that are healthy for you, and a lot of things right. have unnecessary ingredients in them, and I think people see chemicals in mm-hmm. plants, you know, in right. what they're eating and in what's being grown as obviously a negative thing, but at the same time, you're doing the research to make sure that it's not harmful. And when you think right. about it, everybody's not farming like they used to be. You know, you're not farming your own crops. Exactly. There'd be no possible way for everyone to have what they need if you didn't right. have some tactic to increase your mm-hmm. yield um, and, you know, just what you're growing. Exactly. It'd be impossible. I mean, every single production class that I've had, we talk about that and how how are we going to sustain agriculture what are we going to do yeah. you know and you have to do something yeah and the common denominator is you're going to have to use some pesticides right no matter what you know if everybody switched to organic we could not feed everyone yeah you know <laughs> yeah i so. mean it's just i don't know again i see both sides because i do too i try yeah. to be very cognizant of the ingredients that are in things, the labels on the back of, or, you know, the ingredients that are on the back of a label. But when you think about it in context with just it being technology, I mean, everything's advancing. Right. And things have to advance in order for us to live. I mean, it makes right. sense when you put it in that perspective and you see your perspective, mm-hmm. which is different from ours. And a lot of, you know, the, the harmful chemicals, they come from the processing, not necessarily... Yeah the actual ag part of it the production part of it too so that's what people don't understand too is like in order to have a shelf life some things have to be put into these products so in in that same conversation has understanding where your food comes from permeated into any other areas of your life because obviously you do see both sides of it but i think it makes you aware so you know has that changed anything for you definitely it has brought more awareness of the process of, you know, where your food comes from, where my hair products come from, where does my makeup come from. And that's where Beauty Counter comes into play. And I think that knowing the process of how plants grow makes me more aware of, okay, well, how does your makeup get to the point of packaging? You know, yeah. where do, where does it come from? And and all that and I try to be I try to err on the side of being healthy and choosing things that won't harm my skin or uh, my hair or anything like that in the next 20 years I don't want to look like I'm 50 when I'm yeah you know 35 um but yeah it's definitely brought a lot of awareness um as far as where do my products come from all products explain what beauty counter is yeah and then we're gonna have to have a whole other conversation like a whole other episode just about beauty counter eventually yes (laughs) hmm okay so beauty counter is my personal favorite (laughs) hair makeup beauty supply 
company because they err on the side of being safe and making sure you know what goes into the making of their products. And what I think is really cool about Beauty Counter is the Never List. Yeah. It's very awesome. So the Never List is like a list of things that you should look for on labels of the products that you're buying, like, you know, um, hair products, makeup products, whatnot. Some things that you may have not noticed before can really harm your health in many different ways. Your skin, it can um, harm, you know, your reproductive system or cause cancer or whatever it may be. And um, Beauty Counter is a safe way to look pretty. I like that. Yeah. I like the way you just described it. <laughs> I love that. We're, we really are going to have to have a whole other I know, we podcast are. episode conversation about it because I love it completely. Is there anything that you can think about that we haven't touched? You know, just if there's anything that you want to say to people who are interested in ag business or maybe even touched on just being aware of where your food comes from and women in male-dominated fields, you know, is there anything else at all that you kind of want to mention before I ask your last question? One thing that we have not mentioned in this podcast is the hard work and the fun in agriculture. So agriculture is not just going out into a field and being able to drive a tractor and do all the fun GPS things on the tractor. It's a combination of things. One day you may be digging a, digging out a ditch or um, you know, really hating what you're doing, honestly. And then the next day you're doing something that you literally could see yourself doing for the rest of your life. And, um, that's really important because a lot of people get bored so easily with agriculture because of the hard work. They get bored with the fact that they have to sit there and do things that, you know, require a lot of hard work or they just, um, don't want to be doing that at the moment. And for instance, today I counted 33,390 <laughs> 33, seed. It took eight hours to fill the packs full of seed. But then tomorrow I actually will be a part of the planting process. So yeah. there are many aspects of agriculture that you just have to bear through mm-hmm. I think that that goes for any field though honestly there I was I was gonna mention that because you know even where I'm working now at the SAC company I really do love the SAC company and never would I have thought that I would have an opportunity to work in construction with an engineering degree but I mean I am behind the computer yeah. a lot and you know that's not really my strong suit is staying right. in one place at one time, but I have enjoyed it. But what really gets me excited is whenever I actually get to go out on the job right. site. But that's not my job is to be mm-hmm. in the field. So that's, you know, once every couple of weeks to get to do that. And I'm just somebody that gets bored in general. Yeah. And I think with as many things that we have vying for our attention just with the way the world mm-hmm. works these days, it's hard for anybody to stay Exactly. So, I mean, that, that's a really good tip for for any yeah. job. I mean, even in engineering, like, we have the fun labs and stuff that we do, and then we have to go write the reports. Yep. Nobody, nobody likes writing the 12-page 
lab no. reports. You know, bane of our existence. So that that's a really good piece of mm-hmm. advice for really anybody. So that's right. perfect. My last question I want to ask you. I didn't tell you about this one. Oh, Lord. Sorry about that. But just to kind of wrap up, we have been talking about, you know, all the things. You've given some really great advice, and you have a really great perspective for everything you've been talking about. But because this is the There She Mentors mm-hmm. podcast, and we're all about being a source of growth for other people and an inspiration, um, who is somebody that's been a mentor to you? My greatest mentor throughout my life has been my dad. I got a little bit choked up. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> um, but my dad has surely had his hardships, and he has come through on the other side, and um, he's taught me what hard work is and determination, and he literally started from the bottom. He didn't have anything starting out in agriculture, and now... He, you know, has a huge operation, and he has been very successful. Um, And he's really shown me how to... um, (laughs) I get so choked up when I talk about him. (laughs) He has really taught me how to be a strong woman and um, be determined in whatever I do. So I would definitely say that uh, I know this is a more of like a women mentor question, maybe. No, but mentor. <laughs> men, no, no, mentors are everyone. Yeah. Anyone and everyone yeah. that's been there for you. Yeah, you know? but he has definitely taught me a lot of things, um, not only about agriculture, but uh, life in general. So, yeah. Definitely my, definitely it. my daddy. Perfect. Love Mr. Chris. Yeah, he's a sweetie. Oh, oh Grant would kill me if he. <laughs> if he didn't get mentioned in this podcast. He probably would, but I wasn't going to say anything. But my big brother is also, also my mentor. <laughs> he has walked. Hey, you know, actually, Sarah, I know we, we've been doing this for like an hour and a half. But but it would be neat to, to kind of touch on um the fact that I necessarily did not have a bat chosen right off the bat. Um, that's true. And I don't know if you know this or not, but I read your post the other day. Yeah, did you? Did you know the backstory? So uh-uh. that was a year. All right, so I was applying for different colleges, of course, and I got accepted in Middle Georgia, in Cochrane, and I decided, you know with the situation with you know daddy's heart attack had been just a few months before and um mama was sick at the time you know with all that um but anyway so Grantson said you need to apply to ABAC because he had heard me talk about it in eighth grade and he was like you need to apply to ABAC I know that's where you want to go you've always talked about it until now and I said I was like hmm I just don't want to move away from home right now. And he, he said, the best thing for you is to move away from home. He likes to just push yeah. you out of your comfort zone, that's for he sure. He said, I'll make a deal with you. I'll drive you to ABAC, and we'll take a campus tour. And Miss ABAC actually toured 
was the tour guide. I do remember mm-hmm. that. And, yeah, I was sold. As soon as we walked off, I said, yep, you're right. This is where I'm going to go. I love yeah. it. And now you've been missing. Yes, I have. And done all the I things. Have. What are you, the 50th? The 50th? Was it the 50th anniversary? I was the 50th. That's perfect. Yes. I love it. Yeah. Awesome. Tell everybody where they can find you on social media so they can see all of your... Unless you don't want to. Oh, <laughs> are you yeah. For the name? I do. I don't know my handle. <laughs> <laughs> well, so they can see all of the ag things and the pageant things and soon to be the wedding things and all the oh, things. The wedding things. Well, I mean... We're going to have stuff to do, but hey, you might have some your wedding, wedding things. Your wedding thing. You might have some wedding things to do soon, too. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe. Maybe. So, you can find me on Instagram at Wells McKay. W-E-L-L-S-M-I-C-H-A-E-E. Also... You can find me on Facebook at Wellesley, W-E-L-L-S-L-E-Y. I literally have to spell my name for everyone. Oh, I know. M-I-C-H-A-E Martin. Perfect. Um, also, I guess we could mention, too. We could. Our joint account. Yes, we do have a joint account. It's sincerely. Sincerely. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So it's sincerely Sarah and Wellesley, all spelled out. It is the longest handle I have seen in my entire life. It is, but, that's but it kind flows. Of it does. It flows. Sincerely, Sarah and Wellesley. I agree. It's a lot. So that's a lot of the the account for everyone who's listening. If you want to go follow it, I would love for you to. Well, it's like we really have a lot of com- in common, and even though we're very different, we're a lot of like at the same time. So, for one, the coffee obsession. We haven't even talked about coffee. We have oh, to have so oh many things to talk about. We, we're gonna have to have a whole other conversation. Yeah, we really about are just daily life. Yeah, literally. That that's what's coming next at some point. But coffee things. Um, we have one. It was it's like five B's: it's balance, beauty, brains, belief, but first coffee. Yeah. With all of our STEM, women and ag stuff, all of our just fun life things, all of our coffee things, all of our beauty counter things. So go give that a follow. So wrapping up everything, this has been a very good conversation about Wellesley's major, women in agriculture, just women in STEM and men-dominated fields in general. Lots of life lessons. Um, lots of things about where your food comes from, educating yourself and even some inspiring conversation. So, with much love, we love you all. Have a fantastic Wednesday. Sincerely, Sarah. And Wellesley. Perfect. All right, ma'am. I will talk to you soon.